Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I am the best in the world at what I do. And I did just what I said. I erased and eliminated the legend Hall of Fame washouts forever. And now, there's one more piece of business to the man who started all this. I'm talking to you, Mickey Rourke. Some more work. All I got is weekends. Isn't that when you sit on other dudes' faces? Have you ever seen a one-legged dog? Have a beer with me? <laughs> one beer. If you've ever seen you have a daughter? No, oh, my daughter. She don't like me very much. You should call her. And you seen me? What do you want from me? I'm an old, broken-down piece of meat, and I deserve to be all alone. I just don't want you to hate me. You see me, but I Two words. Three. Match. Bring it. You know, with a little luck, this could be my ticket back on top. Tell me, friend, can you ask for anything? 80s man, best ever. Guns N' Roses. Crew. Yeah, then that Cobain had to come around and ruin it all. <laughs> 90 sucks. 90 sucks. These things that have comforted me, I drive away. My only faith's in the broken bones and bruises I display. You know, the only place I get hurt is out there. I'm really here. This life, you can lose everything you love, everything that loves you. A lot of people told me that I'd never wrestle again. The only one who's gonna tell me when I'm through doing my thing is you people here. That'll work. Come here. You know what I'm thinking? Two words. Rematch. And I'm Sebastian.
Get your own fucking cheese. I'm Jordan. And welcome to our super secret doomsday bunker episode where we review The Wrestler. <laughs> Coming to you live literally from my bed. Yep, and live from my kitchen. Um, Andrew couldn't make it because of um, the end of the world and Alex couldn't make it because of work. <laughs> is, is, that, is that right? Is that a good summation of what's happened? I feel like they both had uh, suspiciously reasonable excuses to not make this one. Yeah, Andrew has just gotten a new puppy, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get some photos up on the on the socials at some stage. So he has to take care of said puppy because um, they just piss all the time, I imagine. That's how I remember my puppies anyway. Yeah, much like uh, Ready to Rumble last week, new puppies are just shit, piss, and farts all the time. That's it. Oh, it's a pity. So... We're watching what is, I mean, I actually feel bad that Andrew missed this one specifically because I was trying to tell him this whole time, no, 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 there are good wrestling films. And he's yeah, probably, this is like genuinely a really good movie. He's just like, of course he misses this one, but sees Ready to Rumble, which of course is, yeah. that's, which is kind of how the, the it, world. It had, it had to be that way. Exactly. It's kind of how the world t- uh, from the outside kind of looks in and views wrestling as well. They see wrestling as yeah. ready to rumble instead of kind of the stuff that you can get, which is more akin to this. But Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it is what it is. Oh, okay. So, was it 2008, 2009 for this film? Someone that did research. Uh, I think 2008, I think, yeah. Yeah, so yeah it's 2008. It's been up for a while. And this is kind of the film that got Mickey Rourke back in the public eye. So if you hate Iron Man 2, yeah, you really hate The Wrestler because this is the one that did that to you. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, it's, not, it's not good. It's not bad. I suppose we'll really get into it. But um, I'd seen this hmm. before. I think it was twice before. I'd watched it once with my um, my wife, but that was before yeah. she even really watched wrestling. So for her, it was just a movie about <laughs> Mickey Rourke. And then I, think right. I saw it a few years prior. This actually came out the year that I graduated high school. So just to age hmm. me a bit horribly there. <laughs> yeah, I definitely seen it a few times before. I saw it like when it first came out. I was like a uh, 2008. Like I was obviously watching wrestling at the time, but I was also a big fan of Darren Aronofsky, who directed it. So it was like kind of two things that I really liked merging together. So I was, uh, I was, yeah, really looking forward to it when it came out, and it didn't disappoint. Yeah, it was an interesting. Uh, the, the actual yeah, bringing up the director Aronofsky there. Uh, very um, interesting body of work there for him. Just because I saw the yeah, name come sure. up and I was like, oh shit, I didn't realize. Yeah, so, you know, Requiem for a Dream is obviously always most well-known piece, yeah. I'd say. Um, yeah, uh, Black Swan's like pretty well-known as well, I think. Yeah, so good stuff, then, good um, pedigree of um, coming into there. Yeah, for sure. He's a, he's a great little filmmaker, actually. I don't think he gets talked about enough, really. It's because he's uh, his name sounds similar to another really good director who I thought he was at first. Oh, really? Um, oh, I have to look him up because now I'm forgetting who it is, but I'll do that during the thing <laughs> so we can keep going. But yeah, it's a pretty decent cast all around with this one as well, though. We've got Marissa Tomei mm. um, and Evan yeah, Rachel. Yeah, really good. Yeah, so pretty good shit. Um, for me, I was spending most of my time during all the backstage scenes trying to work out if I could tell who any of these... <laughs> Just like picking everybody out. <laughs> yeah, I struggled. I figured you probably had a better time doing that than I did. I, there was like one or two that I saw and I was like, I think I know who that is. But even now, I can't remember yeah. who they were. Yeah, I think up a few. Um, I guess as well, because like at the time that they made the movie, like I was pretty big into like Ring of Honor and stuff like that, where they shot a lot of the shows, like Ring of Honor and like CZW. So like... Pretty much everyone's a, a familiar face in some forms. Got like Necro Butcher. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's got like a pretty big part in the movie, really comparatively. Um, Ernest the Cat uh, Miller like was the one that I recognized as the Ayatollah. Yeah, the cat. Yeah. 
Uh, you got R-Truth. Uh, That's Austin the one. Aries is there somewhere. Uh, Larry Sweeney, DJ Hyde, and then um, Cesaro, I noticed as well, when he had hair. Okay, I knew Cesaro back, back was in, the in this, but I couldn't find him. Apparently the Blue Meanie's in it too, according to IMDb, but I couldn't see him oh, either. Oh, yeah, he is actually. Now that you mentioned it, I remember seeing him pop up, yeah. Because I went in looking for Cesaro, but I just, yeah, I did not find yeah. him. But uh, It's like one shot, and like if you haven't watched a lot of his indie stuff, you wouldn't really recognize him, because like his gear is like completely different. He has like hair and like facial hair. So like if you didn't know him at this point in time, it'd be like a fucking like Where's Wally. Like, you wouldn't be able to pick him. Well, perfect. I don't feel bad anymore then. But yeah, I definitely should have recognized Blue Meanie. There was like a really fat guy in one scene, but I don't think it was him because this guy was like really big. Um, But yeah, no, Necro Butcher definitely stood out. Um, The second that, oh, we'll get into it. But the second that I realized they were in the CZW ring, I was like, oh God, wait, what (laughs) year did this come out? And is there a chance Moxley's going to be backstage in in this shot? But no, wasn't the right timing, I don't think. Um, not quite, I don't think. Uh, it might have been, but like, I think he was still pretty early on, so he probably wasn't around. Yeah. I can't but, quite remember when he started with CZW, actually. Might have been a little bit later, but he's like, he signed pretty early as well, I think, like 2010 or something. Okay, so there you go. So he wouldn't. Oh, yeah. So I mean, it's possible, I guess, if he signed by 2010. Yeah, isn't it two yeah, years later? Maybe. Certainly didn't pick him, though, but yeah, he'd be a big one to fucking like notice in a background somewhere. This is like night and day between um, <laughs> spotting the people in this film and next week's film when we do um, wrestling with my family. <laughs> Sorry, fighting yeah. with my family. Just because, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, here's the Miz. Here's the big show. They're just standing yeah, there yeah, giving you sure. lines. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess we'll, we'll take it from the top unless you have anything like you like you know, trivia-esque about this you want to talk about before we get into it. Uh, I looked at a few like little bits and pieces, like just some of the stats and stuff that we normally take a look at. Um, really well received critically. Uh, it's got, like Run Tomatoes is like ninety eight percent, I think. And it made um made like a lot of uh, like sort of top ten and like best film lists for the year it came out as well. So it was like really really well received. Yeah, no, it definitely is. It's one of the ones that almost. I mean, it was a, was it a Fox Searchlight picture or Spotlight picture or something like that. It was like one of their like their yeah, Fox think, run yeah. indie films, which is the weirdest fucking thing to get your head around. But um, <laughs> but it was saying that it did get quite a few um, yeah, quite quite a bit of uh, public knowledge outside of that, which is nice. I would say didn't do too bad for like awards and stuff as well. Mickey Rock got um, like it was best actor in a drama for the Golden Globe that year. I think um. Marissa Tomei was nominated for Best Supporting Actress the same year. And then the, um, what is it, the Springsteen song at the end of the movie won uh, Best Song as well, same year. That song, I actually have some funny trivia about. And it was because oh, really? I was, um, it's from Iron Man 2. Um, he was, hmm. I can't remember, it was an interview with somebody from Iron Man. I, I can't remember if it was like Favreau or maybe... Danny Jr. Or so, it doesn't really matter who, but they were saying that mm. Rourke would, in his trailer, to psych himself up for his scenes, he would be playing that freaking song from the wrestler <laughs> to get him, quote, like into his Oscar mind or some crap. And then, and then he did Iron Man 2. So you know what didn't work? That's brilliant. <laughs> he really tried. He really did. Um, so Bless him. in the intro clip to this episode... Um, I put in a you know a little bit to do uh, there from Chris Jericho at WrestleMania calling out mm. Mickey Rourke for what was meant to be a fight yeah, yeah. Um, as sort of like a almost like a promotional tie-in sort of thing. Do you have more any information on that? A little bit because I was tangentially um, aware with it because I knew to find the footage, but I have no idea what the hell was going mm. on. 
I can't remember. It was just like it was in the middle of a storyline that Jericho was doing with like a bunch of old timers. Um, so like he was basically just like beating up like all these old dudes, like Ric Flair and like Jimmy Snooker and um, Steamboat. That was the other one. No, and, like they were run. Yeah, they were like running an angle on that, leading into WrestleMania. And like I think it was that year's WrestleMania. I think it was like twenty five. Yeah, or he did a um, yeah, he did a match against like all three. And that's where that clips from, like, Mickey Rock was just there. I think originally, like, they were going to do, like, a match between Jericho and Rock, but it just, like, didn't happen. And well, so they went with that instead. That's what I understood, that they were negotiating to get him in the ring for one of those horrible, what are they, like, spectacle celebrity match bullshit things they do at WrestleMania? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the original plan, but yeah, it didn't happen. Good. And we got, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it worked out much better, I think. <laughs> I think the next, like the following night on Raw, actually, I think it was Jericho and Steamboat had like a fucking excellent like singles match as well, which is weird because like Steamboat was like old at that point, but like it was really good. Like I remember that better than the WrestleMania match. I'll have to give that one a look because I, I genuinely love watching Steamboat mm. in the ring, but as opposed to like, oh, he's as, so good. As opposed to Mickey Rourke. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we definitely got the uh, the better option with the way it turned out. Yeah. Um, I wanted to just because I guess we can talk to it, talk about it a little bit. Um, I know we're not we're not wrestlers, but our involvement with the wrestling community, um, uh-huh. leaning into the idea of like the portrayal of the independent wrestling scene behind the scenes um, itself. Mm. Um, just because I guess we, we we're literally there, we can see what we see in real life and yeah. in this movie, and and talk a bit about that. Um, the one thing that because <laughs> I was watching this with my wife, who is a wrestler, mm-hmm. and yeah. The second, there was one bit that she just called out absolute BS during, um, and it was the most <laughs> ridiculous thing. And it was, they're backstage at Ring of Honor, I think it was meant to be. Although it was a for Ring of Honor ring. No, 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 no sorry, I apologize. It was the first backstage show. It wasn't with Ring of Honor. It was uh, just yeah, yeah. The, the first Shindy Pro that he was at. The smaller one, yeah. Yeah. And their, um, their booker comes out. And he's like, match one, match two, match three, match four, intermission, match five, six, seven, eight. And she's just like, she didn't want to say who was winning the match or how long the matches were going to go for. <laughs> like he didn't give match times. <laughs> I was like, like, how quick was that? As opposed to like, you know, how were they called? Or, you know, the, the scene where two people are planning their, two groups are planning their match next to each other and they, they actually bother to check if they're doing the same thing. That was the part <laughs> that I happen. brought up. I was like, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we're like, oh, wait, you're working the arm? I guess we won't do that in our match. <laughs> no, we'll have three matches in a row that have the same ending. <laughs> like, this, it's happened before and it killed me. Oh, man. Nothing but yeah, is- I like, I, watching it, I thought it was like, especially like for the time that it's set in as well or like the time that it came out, it's definitely like the most accurate and honest portrayal of professional wrestling at an independent level like that's come out at least to date i would say yeah it didn't especially like fiction like you've got like documentaries and stuff like that but for like a fictional film it's like so spot on yeah and i definitely feel like it did feel very realistic to me there was nothing that really made me think oh this is absolute bullshit not not yeah. Um, as opposed to, I guess we'll talk about next week's film when we get, well, next week when we do Fighting With My Family, where, yeah, mm. we're, we're, in, we're in London for a random house show and The Rock's just there. Like, <laughs> some bullshit like that. <laughs> um, but no, I, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I was just going to say, like, I loved that they were actually, like, discussing, hey, I'm doing this in my match. Does that conflict with your match? Because having sat on commentary and had three tag matches in a row that had the same three endings, and I'm expected to be shocked yeah. every time. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't even know those were the endings. I didn't know in advance. So I was genuinely surprised the first time. 
concerned yeah. the second time and angry the third time. When I'm like <laughs> having, to, having to pretend that I'm actually an idiot and don't remember yeah. what just happened 10 minutes prior. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Um, I guess this is what a well-oiled machine looks like. That's not fair. Well, I guess as, as well-oiled as you can be at the, the local VFW hall in 2008. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, apart from that, though, I'm happy to we'll move into the actual like breakdown of the film, unless you have anything else you want to talk about. Uh, I don't think so. That was pretty much all that I'd picked up on. Um, pretty like modest budget as well. I think it cost about $6 million, and it wound up making like just shy of forty-five. so... Uh, financially very successful. Oh, on that note, I was going to say, yeah, Sweet Child of Mine got donated to them. Um, yeah, otherwise that probably would have taken up that whole six million. <laughs> exactly, that's it. Wasn't that how they did like in School of Rock when they wanted to get um, Immigrant Song? Oh, yeah, yeah. Zeppelin? They had to like beg yeah, for it. they had to like beg for it. And <laughs> didn't they in the end still be like, nah. No, they used it. It's in, it's in there. Oh, they did? Yeah, okay. I only just watched it the other day. Social isolation and all. I had to watch a movie, so I put School of Rock on. Um, oh, no. Not a movie. Oh, I hate those. Um, I'll probably put this at the very top of the review, and I probably should have said it when we started the episode. Uh, folks, do do brace in. It's probably going to be a bit of a fast episode um, this week. Just, I mean, the natural flow, two hosts down from three to four. I, I just yeah. think we're going to have less to say, so... Apologies, but to be fair, it's not like many of you are driving to work, so that's also fine. <laughs> um, so really, we're joining Mickey Rourke's character here, um, who has just the stupidest name. Because it, <laughs> what, what about What's it? wrong with Randy the Ram? Randy the Ram. Who do you think he's meant to be? Because, like, he... I feel like he's just a... The combat, well, he's got like these weird traits. Hey, like I think I was reading like initially it was like kind of based off of like a combination of like Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. Yep. Which I guess you can see like, you know, the hair at least in, you know, in the back is very Hogan. Uh, the tra- like the tan is very Hogan. And I guess like with the, with the finish, the, the Ram Jam, that's like obviously an ode to Savage, I think. Yep. But Overall, like it could re- it really, it could be anybody who was a successful professional wrestler in the eighties in the year two thousand eight. To be honest, like, I was they getting were all it pretty hard. Some like yeah, Randy Hogan. I was seeing some Warrior vibes as well, but I think that I don't know yeah, not as maybe. much. He wasn't as as you know crazy <laughs> by all means. Yeah, I feel like there's a bit of um probably a bit of like Roddy Piper in there as well. Yeah, it, it's kind of like on the um on like 2K20 or whatever in the wrestling games and the creator wrestler feature, they just sort of hit the word generic. <laughs> That's what they came yeah. up with. Generic <laughs> 90s wrestler or 80s wrestler, I guess. That's um, pretty much it, yeah. It's what you would expect that to look like. So Randy the Ram Robinson. Oh God, that's going to that's gonna kill me. Um, he's, yeah, a professional wrestler in his later years. I'd say he's easily early 50s, do you reckon? I'm not sure what age they actually. I would say this, so. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't really pick him off of like his skin because it's so leathery to tell. But I would say probably about yeah, probably early fifties, I reckon. Yeah. So he's had a pretty good career, I'd say, on the indies. He seems to be well known. He's you know popular enough that kids see him sleeping in his van and bashing his windows. So he's a known quantity. <laughs> Any of our wrestlers, you know, in the Brisbane scene, go for a walk. They'd be lucky to be noticed by anyone. Not because they're not good, but because the scene's so small. Um, yeah. So he's doing well. He's doing well enough to say in that sense. Um, yeah. I guess that's another thing they didn't really like address is like, what was the height of his popularity? Like, was he with the Fed? Was he signed somewhere, or was he? Or was it just like, was he a territory guy? Like, I where, think he like, was a territory guy. Sort of come from. 
only because they were saying, well, actually, no, because he was saying he was on pay-per-view. Um, and he, he talks about okay. in one scene, the, the reason that he's having the big rematch against the Ayatollah, um, played by Ernest Miller, is because <laughs> that was like the biggest match of his career and now they want to redo yeah. it at Ring of Honor for a, a much smaller show. But he mentions yeah. talking to Marissa Tomei's character being in the grand, being in, in the ring with like 20,000 people around him. So I'd say, uh, okay. I mean, realistically, with those numbers, 20,000 people... Yeah. In in the in America, they're heavily implying mm-hmm. he would have been with the WWF or WCW, I guess. Yeah, like just yeah, I guess so. But they don't name any com- any actual big companies. But he's had like one yeah, huge match by the sounds of it, and this Ring of Honor match looks like it might be his second big, at the very end in the, in the uh yeah. in the climax might be his the, second biggest the show callback maybe. from his yeah. So yeah, he had that one big moment. He's been you know going along the indies. I am, you know, doing his old wrestle thing. And honestly, that's pretty much the bog of the story. Um, he does, yeah. about halfway through the film, he, oh, so the people that do, like his support network, his personal support network is realistically just um, Cassidy, played by Marissa Tomei, who is a, a yeah. stripper. Um, and that's mm-hmm. pretty much like he just sees, you know, seen talking to her. It's only about halfway through the film when he has a heart attack after a show. Was it, it was a heart attack, wasn't it? It was something to do with his heart anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but so after him and Necro Butcher have this horrific CZW <laughs> hardcore match with like staples in the body and blood everywhere, it's actually it was quite, quite well shot. Um, mm, back, yeah, well. backstage, he has a heart attack. Uh, doctor gives him the whole thing you're okay, but you need to not exert yourself, which is yeah. my way of saying you need to stop being a wrestle boy <laughs> because you're exerting Pretty yourself. Much. And you're <laughs> Um, so he goes off to try and make amends, um, with his daughter, Stephanie, played by Evan Rachel Wood. Um, mm-hmm. they've pretty much been estranged, I guess, for the past 10 years or more by the sounds of it. Like he hasn't, he hasn't, yeah. he hasn't seen her since she was a child and she's now an adult going to college. Um, mm-hmm. and he's trying to, yeah, reconnect with her because he's scared he's going to die, I guess. Yeah, I would say that's definitely kind of where it stems from. Yeah, it's just always like whenever you whenever you have like a, a story like that, there's always something that kind of triggers that need. And I guess yeah, like I mean, if I was in his position, I'd be wanting to do the same thing. Like I have nobody except this stripper lady. Like what am I doing with my life? Yeah, which is fair. And I was uh, Cassidy by uh, Tony's character, super lovely. Like I, I, I know I, I said yeah, like, she's nice. a stripper. I mean, that sounds horrible, but no, she's actually she's a really nice, supportive character. Yeah, that's there great. for Randy the entire time. Well, you know, for the most part, because she doesn't really want to <laughs> date a client, but you know they work on that. Yeah. And yeah, it kind of gets to the point where um, Randy's taking a you know he's got a second job working in the deli. He kind of realizes that everyone kind of sucks around him. Like he's not having a great time. And the only mm-hmm. place that he feels appreciated is in the ring. And because his life outside of the ring sucks, but he can't go back to the ring because it will kill him. But it, he can't be happy over there and he can't be happy yeah. over here. He kind of just decides, fuck it. I'm the only place die. he has any happiness. <laughs> yeah. And as a former deli worker myself, I feel his pain. It's it's not great. You don't love it? No, no, it's not. It's not a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and I mean, I'm jumping a bit ahead, but he has his rematch against the Ayatollah. Um, his heart starts acting up during it. Um, Aitola says, let's call the match early. Randy ignores him. And the film ends with him doing a top rope splash of some kind. And it kind of fades to black. And we're meant to, I mean, I think the implication is 
it killed him, but we don't know for mm-hmm. sure. But I think I, for me, it felt like it was really clearly pointing in one direction that I don't think they were being subtle with what they were trying to do or um, what's the word I want to say? I don't think they were leaving it up to interpretation. I just think it was a choice not to show him literally dead in a ring. I think that was just them yeah, pulling back so. to be kind rather than be gruesome. Um, yeah, I think like after the fact, I'm pretty sure um, Darren Aronofsky said like, oh yeah, he died. Oh, well, that works too. But like I said, I, I didn't, I never felt like they were giving us a, ooh, did he or didn't he? No, I, I'm pretty sure he's dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that was the implication. Like it was kind of left open to interpretation, but like throughout the remainder of the movie, like obviously that, like when that sort of stuff starts to happen is when it's hard playing up. And it's uh, probably not likely you're going to survive a second time. So I, I believe he did. Yeah. And I will say that's unfortunately one of the more realistic things um, that I've mm. seen as a portrayal of a wrestler's attitude. And I can't put everyone into the one oh, yeah. <laughs> into the one boat or into the one pot here or anything. But the amount of wrestlers that I've seen like, oh, you know, I've torn my ACL. I've got three weeks left to rehab. You know, I'm still limping around a bit. But I reckon I'll be all right with another match, you know, or... Well, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, there's this attitude. It's the whole, like, the show must go on thing. Like, I get it from a theatrical standpoint. Yeah. But the amount of wrestlers that I've, you know, spoken to who are literally going, I'm going to sideline my health for this, you know, 10-minute spot in a show. And yeah, as someone who doesn't actually do the wrestling, I'm just like, yeah, but that you can have that 10 minutes in three weeks from now when you're okay. Like, that 10 minutes will still be, you know a fortnight yeah. away, you can wait, but there's this mentality like, nope, I think I'm okay, even though I know I'm not 100%, but I'm okay enough to do it. And they just go with it. And it, unfortunately, Randy's attitude of, this is all I have. This is what I want to do, even if it kills me. Yeah, is, yeah it's very, um, unfortunately, I'll say realistic, but it's, you know, people are passionate. So, I mean, all the power to them. Yeah, well, absolutely. Like, it's like I said, like this is a, it is a very realistic portrayal like of, of the business, like down to yeah, his personal attitudes towards his health. Like it's just it's just how it is with a lot of people. I'm curious. I should I should have looked it up prior because it's so. It's it's only written by one person, and it's so almost very realistic of it. I'm just curious what this this writer's gone mm. off and done. Like, I just feel like they must have had some part in wrestling. But I look at their um uh, their credits list. His name's really familiar. Robert Siegel. Um. Yeah. He's done like, you know, just over half a dozen films. This is the only one wrestling related. Mm. Same in terms of acting as well, directing, all that. Like, but it's very, yeah, I mean, he could have worked, you know, any independent scene realistically. Mm. Um, well, actually, he worked with Conan O'Brien. Didn't Conan used to write for Raw? No, Conan used to write for Simpsons. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, he's a Simpsons. It was yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. used to write for um, WWE. <laughs> that's the, got the wrong Yeah, actor. that's right. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea. I'm just curious yeah, where know. he... Um... Maybe he's, he might just be a big fan. Yeah, and then you maybe know... He's he's a, maybe he's got, a, he's, got a, he's got a subscription to the Observer, brother. He's a smart. That could he be it. Shit. <laughs> um, do, 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 do. Yeah, nothing else. I was just seeing if he, like if his parents were involved or anything like that. Oh, interesting stuff. No, yeah, it doesn't look like it. Well, anyway... Um, that's pretty much, I mean, like I said, that's the entire plot of the film. It's, it's goes for a decent length. There's not, I wouldn't say it's a long film by any means, but it's not like a, what is it like? An, no, then like, what, like an hour 40, I think. Yeah, uh, hour 50. Yeah. So it's decent length, okay. but it's just, the plot is so simple because you are just following mm. Randy effectively through three different shows in his little yeah. snippets of his life in between. But yeah, all in all, I really enjoyed it. 
Um, yeah, no, it's a great movie. Like, I think the I couldn't really like imagine seeing the movie with anyone but Mickey Rourke in it at this point because like within like five minutes in, like he's already so just like in indulged in the character. Like you feel like you're not really looking at Mickey Rourke, like you're looking at Randy the Ram. Yeah. Like he's just like it's such a good performance, and like it's probably like the way that it's. I'm not even just can't even say that it's like really well written or anything because it is so simple. Like it's just one of those, like something that's so simple, but it's so like just human and relatable, and like it just it like gets you in really really easily like that. And I'll say comparatively to when we watched Ready to Rumble with um Jimmy the King page jimmy page whatever it was yeah mickey yeah. rourke got in absolutely fantastic shape like fuck it was shredded oh, yeah. wasn't he it was great yeah dude absolutely but yeah uh, well i'm happy to move on to verdicts unless actually no sorry i do apologize there was one more point one more very realistic moment was before the hardcore mm-hmm. match um randy and um is it no randy and just one of the guys from the promotion just going through mm-hmm. like the hardware shop and buying things to hit each other oh, with. yeah <laughs> that was firstly a very funny scene but also yep guys that's pretty much how it is <laughs> yep. the most unrealistic <laughs> part do, was trip, the, trip down to bunnings yeah the most unrealistic part was the fact that they were doing it a couple of days prior to the show rather than the morning off. That's <laughs> not, about not, it. <laughs> not two hours before Dawson. I have been at show. Well, you were at the same show, Jordan, but there was a there was a spot in you know, it was a hardcore match where they had gotten some, you know, big pieces of wood and they were using a big staple gun and putting barbed wire onto this this <laughs> wooden board. And they were doing it and they just finished it up as doors open and fans were coming in and had to like run this gigantic piece of barbed wire wood <laughs> to the back. Like that's what I'm used to. Everyone just being like, because everyone works jobs and they get to the shows as soon as they can, but sometimes it just doesn't match up with, you know, your actual, your shoot job. So you do yeah. what you do. It's, I, I don't want to say it's because they're unprofessional. It's because unfortunately no one here can just wrestle. Like, especially in Australia, yeah. you are, whatever you do at home, whatever you do at work and a wrestler, it's always that adjective on them, unfortunately. Yeah. Actually, I was just looking at it now. I just found a uh, another fun little bit of trivia. Oh, yeah. Um, Hulk Hogan claimed that he was offered the lead role. Um, oh. Similar to how he, um, similar to how he claimed that he was offered to play bass in Metallica, I'm assuming, uh, was absolutely not true. Is this a... So Hulk Hogan was offered, but um, what's his stupid real name? Bel- <laughs> Hulk Hogan was offered a brother, not Terry. Yeah, the not Terry Belay or whatever his name is. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> All right, well, um, we'll move us on to um, verdicts, I guess. Like I said, once again, apologies that it is a shorter episode. I would expect, honestly, the next fortnight to be, you know, shorter ones just in the wake, but we're doing our best to get stuff out given... Won't be taking up too much of your time. Yeah, you guys are welcome. <laughs> oh, no. Everything's gone terrible. Oh, there is a button. All right, give me a minute. Yeah, good. It's a good film. Um, it's eventually, don't say it's a good film. It's a great film. It's very well made. Um, hits mm-hmm. all the right points. The fact that it focuses on so few characters really means they all get fleshed out really, really well. And it's Yeah, absolutely. But it is a heavy film, I'll say. It's, it's not one that mm. you can just throw on and watch like, when it comes to rewatching, like so this is my third time in what twelve years now this film's come out. Yeah, so it is good for a rewatch. There's never there's no plot twists or any surprises or anything like that in the film. So it's not even so much that you'll remember things and they'll be spoiled for you when you come back. It's more just 
you, yeah, you want to give yourself emotional space to get through it because if you can't feel anything because you've watched it <laughs> too soon, then it, it, it will fall down on you because it relies so much yeah. on, that, on the emotionality there. But yeah, that aside. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, probably one of the yeah, better it's, films it's definitely we've watched. something that you can sit down and just sit down and watch like every now and then. It's just, it's like, it's just a good like drama film, really. Like it's beautifully shot. The performances are like fantastic. Like every, I feel like everyone in it just feels like very like real and like honest and like vulnerable. Like the performances are really, really solid. And as well, it gives you like a bit of a, like the human side of what's like a very niche subject matter. So it gives the film, you know, a little bit of like crossover appeal as well. Um, but yeah, and no, I definitely like really, really recommend it. I think it's a great film. I'll uh, definitely watch it a few more times in the future. And again, it's something where you don't really have to be a fan of wrestling to watch it. Cause there's like, 10 minutes of actual wrestling in the whole movie. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I mean, even just from a pure like voyeuristic point of view, being able to see kind of how things operate backstage, for me anyway, mm. that kind of thing is interesting. Like that's why one of the reasons I enjoyed watching Birdman so much, just seeing all the behind yeah. the scenes for a, a play. Like that's just for me, it's like, oh, that's exactly. so cool. Very similar. But yeah, perfect. Well, Pull that curtain back a little bit, yeah. But we will be back on Wednesday for the Variety Hour and on Friday for another special uh, Second Take Radio. We've got um, some songs by a female acapella band called MVP that we'll be playing there. And then we'll be back on the following Monday with a review of um, Fighting With My Family. That's pretty much it. We've got, yeah, so we're, we're steaming ahead regardless of all the things that are happening in the world around us. So hopefully you guys are happy to tune in and have a bit of a listen. Um, Got to make do. Exactly. Uh, we'll just we'll smash through socials as quickly as we can now that we're all out of all out of funk. Jordan, what what do you got? Uh, so we have our Twitter, you know, from the future and all that. Uh, that one is. I'm actually just looking it up because I've completely forgot. Oh, I can do that one. Uh, that is second take TNC. Nailed it. Perfect. And what was yours again, Jordan? Your personal? Uh, mine is Jordan MSPP. And I'm at Bastion underscore James. Um, the rest of the guys are in the show notes as well. Um, we have a Facebook, which is, yeah, facebook.com slash second take. I can't remember the Instagram, though. That's the part that always escapes me. Do you know that one, Jordan? If you don't, so it's, it's in the notes. We'll just let it Second be. take podcast. <laughs> Perfect. Um, shoot us an email at secondtakepodcast.com or go to our website, secondtakepodcast. Oh, sorry, second take, uh, email is secondtakepodcast at gmail.com and the website secondtakepodcast.com. Those are different things. Um, and if you'd like to support the show, uh, patreon.com slash secondtake. Um, unfortunately, with all the happenings that have gone on, um, Andrew's job's been kind of put on hold. So if you are happy to donate, anything that comes in for this little period will be going directly to him to help him and his family. So not to twist your arm, but if you can, please, please do consider doing that. And we'll be back on Wednesday for the Variety Hour. See you then. Second Take Podcast is recorded within the Moreton Bay region of Queensland, Australia, and acknowledges this region's original owners, namely the Jinnabara, Kabi Kabi, and Yugara people. Second Take Podcast respectfully acknowledges the traditional custodians of these lands, and we pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging.
for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 